Suzanne Dalbanco calling. How are you? Great, Suzanne. Good to hear from you. So I'm calling today because I want to talk to you about that really ambitious report that you commissioned a year or so ago to be done looking at the evidence behind, I think it was 21 potentially value-enhancing strategies in healthcare. Um, but before we get into it, I just want to let you know we've got an audience listening in. And so for their sake, would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, I'm Peter Lee, and I'm the Executive Director of Covered California. So why did you commission this report? What were you hoping to get out of it? Well, uh, you may know this, Suzanne, but some of you listening may not. Let me remind you what Covered California does. We help about 2.3 million Californians get health care. But we do that through 11 health plans we contract with. From day one, we've had a, a very wide and broad set of expectations of our plans, of what we want them to do to both make sure that people that are enrolled through us get the right care, and we're changing the delivery system. We're re-upping our contract, uh, and we're doing a major review of both the evidence of what works, but also of what other purchasers are doing, because we believe we aren't going to make change without alignment with others. So we wanted to start with the evidence of what do we know and what do we not know about what works for making sure people get better care, uh, and we change the delivery system. So, you know, there were 21 uh, strategies, I think, that the report looked at. Were there any major ahas for you, you and your team about things that work or don't work that surprised you? Well, I guess the biggest aha for me, which was kind of depressing, is, and as you know, I, I worked for the Obama administration and helped set up the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation, which also evidence-based organization. Many of us have been working in this field for a long time. The big aha was how inconsistent and incomplete there is in terms of evidence on almost all domains that we believe matter. Uh, and that's a problem, uh, which really puts the spotlight on our need to do better measurement in consistent ways. So that's number one. The second big aha uh, was that the two areas that consistently leapt up as showing big value are more effective primary care and truly integrated delivery systems. Um, that said, ACOs as part of integrated delivery systems, mixed bag because you see one ACO, you see one ACO. And, and I want to do a call out to you, Suzanne. One of the things I've really appreciated with Catalyst for Payment Reform is really trying to get to better standards of how do we measure what is an ACO and how it's doing. Because the um, research out there right now is all over the map. I mean, within primary care, or you know, you can't make an integrated delivery system overnight. But let's let's start with primary care. Are there any small changes you think that could make a big difference? You know, what are we ignoring in the evidence today that we could put in place, or any other you know easy fixes that came out of that review? Yeah. Well, one thing. Uh, sadly, uh, the president was right. Healthcare is complicated. Easy fixes are tough. <laughs> Um, the, the findings, though, around primary care, people may hear that and say, well, they're well-duh findings. I mean, the first finding was that primary care is foundational to an effective health system. And primary care is associated with lower costs in healthcare spending and higher quality. That finding, though, which evidence is really strong about, uh, then leads you to what do you do about it? Um, and the big thing that we need to do about it is move money. And you ask, is there an easy fix to do that? No, it's hard. 
but we do not pay enough generally for primary care compared to specialty and interventional care, uh, nor do we reward primary care models that have been shown to work. So that's a, a not-so-easy, easy thing we should be doing. We at CPR have focused on that issue for a long time. When you look at you know, the Medicare physician fee schedule as a starting point in the marketplace for what to pay relatively for different services, um, you know, there's been a long overemphasis on specialty care and an underemphasis on, on primary care. My understanding is that that is changing in terms of you know, greater recognition of the need to spend more on primary care. I don't think we've gotten yet to thinking about spending less on specialty care. Um, but I'm hoping that as the recommendations are made to CMS about spending more on primary care, that that has a, you know, ripple effect through the commercial sector. You know, we'll see. Totally agree with that hope. Yeah. And one of the things we're actually going to be pushing health plans on this year, commercial health plans, is to take a look at what the recommendations are that are being made to CMS and implement them in the commercial market. Let's move, let's move quickly on that rather than slowly. So, uh, Suzanne, you're absolutely right that CMS has been a real leader here. And in some cases, we, whether it's a public purchase like Cover California or private purchases, need to follow. But I want to flag that one of the things we've done in this report is not just say what the evidence is, but for every domain, talk about what measures and benchmarks there are. In the area of primary care, one of our takeaways was that we're currently measuring largely structural measures, such as our physicians participating in certified patient-centered medical homes. And the finding is that that's actually insufficient for evaluating primary care effectiveness. So an example of one of our learnings of taking both the evidence and looking at measures is we're re-looking at what's the right way to measure advanced primary care. You know, I've been a big supporter of patient-centered medical homes, but across California, a lot of really good primary care offices aren't getting certified, and they're doing good advanced primary care. So that's the kind of lessons that we need to take as purchasers of not just pick one thing as a solution, but evaluate what's working and see how it's playing out uh, in the field. I think it's great that you're taking a look at sort of what's under the hood and trying to come up with measures more directly of what it means to have primary care that makes a difference in patients' lives. So I, I look forward to seeing how you play that out. So, you know, the report covered 21 different potential strategies. Um, there's a lot, you know, to absorb in it. And as you said, some of it, you know, doesn't give you really clear direction. But how is the report changing what Covered California does as you, you know, enter into a new phase with the participating health plans? Well, I want to note, this report is one of three major inputs to what we're doing with our contract. Um, there's this report on the evidence. Number two, we're reviewing what other purchasers are doing. And uh, PwC uh, surveyed other private and public purchasers. We've been working with Catalyst for Payment Reform. Uh, we want to be aligned. And third, we're looking at what have we done already. So after this report came out, we issued a report on what have we seen in our first five years. So we're taking all three of those to then lean in to say, where do we raise the bar uh, on our plans? And I'll give you uh, three places we will be raising the bar, but we're still in process over the next six months of finishing this, is what is around mental health? Um, not only do we think most of our plans aren't doing a great job, boy, do I hear that from uh, private employers and from folks in the public sector. Um, second is a fresh look at primary care. Uh, it is the foundation. 
how do we lean in and lean in right on that? Um, and finally, is on the issue of true care integration. How do we push plans to not only get people into what may be called ACOs, but make sure those ACOs are making a difference? You know, we're leaning in now. More people are signing up in ACOs in California and through Cover California than we're seeing nationally. On the other hand, our enrollees that aren't in Kaiser and Sharp, two integrated delivery systems, are getting really inconsistent quality care. We're measuring that. We want to hold the plans to account, but boy, do we want to hold ACOs to account. So those are three things we'll be looking at with a lot of focus. So, you know, my next question is going to be, what do you think other employers and other types of healthcare purchasers should take away from what you're doing? And I think all three things that you outlined are really relevant for employers. Um, You mentioned before that we've got, you know, a standard plan ACO report that is inspired by the nutrition label where we want health plans to tell us the full story of how their contracted ACOs are are performing and not just to choose a few metrics that show how great they are. Without that kind of insight, you know, we really have no idea if this big movement is, is you know, bringing us something wonderful or it's just, you know, an excuse for providers to consolidate and, and raise their prices. Um, beyond, beyond me saying the obvious, which is everything you're looking at are things that employers should look at too, is, is there any other major takeaway you think from all the work that you're doing that uh, employers should have. You know, alignment, of course, is another big theme of CPR, so we couldn't agree with that one more. Yeah. Well, I, I, two things is, first, um, and you and probably the people listening to this will say, well, well, duh, but measurement matters. And in many cases, we are not measuring the right things. Uh, we have a very, very unhappy cadre of doctors out there that are spending a lot of time on electronic health records, that are designed not for quality, but for billing. We are part of that problem. And I think we need to be looking at more parsimonious measures and better measures. And I'll give you one example of that is, um, I know mental health. We've got no really good mental health measures that get to mental health outcomes. That's a problem. Uh, We purchasers should be saying, you know, three years from now, all you health plans better be using new standardized measures that get at mental health outcomes. So measurement is, is one that I'd raise the bar on. The other is, and you just noted it, um, Suzanne, but many of us you know, worship at the altar of alignment, but then when we get back to our dinner table, we all eat different meals. You know, the, uh, if that metaphor works, is that saying we want to align means in some cases we follow others' leads. In others, it means giving up things that, we, that was our fourth priority to focus. And I think one of the things that we don't do a good job enough at and I'm saying both Cover California and, and private employers and uh, coalitions is saying alignment means really picking the vital five things and all of us doing them. Uh, market signals matter, but they only matter when we have market forces behind it. So I think one of our big challenges, and we'll be looking at this, is uh, when we come out with our contract for 2022, there will be elements in there that aren't today my top three but they may be the top three of what private employers really care about. And I'll give you one example of that where uh, we found in our surveying we are out of alignment in a big way with many private employers uh, in a way that concerns me, is that you talk to most private employers and health disparities and health equity is hardly on their radar. Uh, I disagree with that in that, you know, if whether you're an employer or a public entity, 
you've got diverse workforces, and if your African-American employees or Latino employees are getting worse care for diabetes, that should be on your radar. But if it's not, what do we do? Because if we're the only ones talking about it, it's not going to resonate through the delivery system. And similarly, on the flip side, when I had private employers come to me and say, boy, Peter, where's mental health on your agenda? That's number one for us. May have been number three before, but it's number one now. So I just push us all to say alignment means listening to others and changing our priorities so we align. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And just as an example, uh, I know that we have at CPR with our model questions to ask health plans when sourcing them or our model contract language, you know, taking a look at what Kepper California is doing and integrated language into ours. And I know that you guys have scoured what we've put together similarly. And the more, you know, groups and others that we can involve in that process, you know, the more alignment we will have. You know, that's sort of our mantra. If, if we all ask for the same thing at the same time, the healthcare system is much more likely to be responsive. So um, I couldn't agree more. Well, Peter, thank you so much. It's great to catch up and hear about what you're doing with that research and other inputs, and I, I wish you tremendous success with it. Great. Thanks so much, and, and you too. And also thank not just you, Suzanne, but really all the participants in the Catalyst for Payment Reform, because it takes more than a village. It takes everyone rowing together, and that's what you're about. So I really appreciate your time and effort. Thanks, Peter.